0: Welcome you to Geekly Retrospect issue issue number six, if I can talk correctly, for the month of November. No, listener, you did not miss October. We just didn't get around to it, so sorry about that. But we are picking it up here with issue number six in the month of November. Joining me at the microphone, a man with breathtaking anger management issues. <laughs> we know him as Mark. Sometimes. You, you may have heard him on the Sci-Fi Malady podcast, better known as the Rage Master. Rage Master, thank you for joining me on this month's edition of Geekly Retrospect.
1: Thanks for having me, and uh, it's always fun to join on, especially considering you're the fourth member of Malady anyway, so jumping back and forth is a yeah. deal. I- and might I say... I think the Rage Master is called the Master because I've learned to master my rage.
0: Oh, there you go. So, so you don't life. have the breathtaking manger management issues anymore, do you?
1: Well, most
0: part. For the most you
1: catch, part. You catch me on the right time. I mean, I, I you, know, Listen, you catch me at the right moment.
0: You, you say it. I've heard you a couple of times over the summer. I don't know if it was the heat getting to you or not, but you, you got a little angsty. Oh, so.
1: you know what? I'll take your word for it. Yeah. It depends on what we are talking about. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we as we do, we're just going to jump right on into this issue uh, in our history and pop culture references for the month of November and leading us off for this month of November. in on November 3rd, 1956, the Wizard of Oz is televised for the first time. Now, Wizard of Oz came out, what, 1939, 38, 39, something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that's when it came out in theaters. First time on television though 1956 nearly 20 years later now i i bring this one up because i don't know mark if you grew up in a household where if the wizard of oz came on it was watched by the family was was that
1: that that was a sunday night special matter of fact uh i had a a teacher a music teacher that would assign that as homework (laughs) and on monday morning he'd ask everybody or whatever day we had music everyone would do their homework And you could tell who didn't do it because everyone was like, we had homework, we had homework, and we'd all just look at at each other and go, you're supposed to watch The Wizard of Oz, remember? It was on Sunday night.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was just, it was one of those staples. And I remember my grandmother, of course, she always had the TV guide in the house, so she knew when it was coming up. And invariably, that Sunday night, that was going to be family dinner, and all the family was going to sit on the couch. And, of course, the the aunts and uncles were all talking the whole time, and us kids are rolling around on the floor in front of the little you know, 19 inch black and white, or, well, no, she, <laughs> I guess she did have a color uh, pretty all soon right. after that. But, you know, my first experience was watching it in a black and white TV. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those things where even to this day, it's still a memory of, of being a little kid with all my cousins around me, you know, yeah. watching Wizard of Oz. It was amazing.
1: And, you know, that's, you know, it's funny you mentioned grandparents. That's pretty much where I watched Wizard of Oz almost, unless it was a Sunday night special, because they taped it. Oh, yeah. And this was back, you know, back when uh, VA, v, uh, VCRs were a big deal, you know, and they taped it. And when we were over, if they wanted to shut us kids up, they'd put on Wizard of Oz. Absolutely. And that was the, that or King Kong, those are the two surefire ways to shut us up. Man,
0: y'all had King Kong. I rarely had King Kong. We had King Kong. But that's that was, you know, Fort Smith, Arkansas. You know, we were backwoods. <laughs> anyway, November fifth, nineteen thirty-five is the next date we're going to look at here. November fifth, nineteen thirty-five. Parker Brothers markets the board game Monopoly. Now, I I knew Monopoly had come from the thirties. It was a product of the Depression, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's just it's hard to imagine that you know we're rolling up on nearly a hundred years of this game now. I mean, it's what 90, and, 89 years old now, something like that. And
1: and how far it's come. You feel? yeah. It's got all kinds of variations. I remember waiting in line for episode 1 tickets for Star Wars episode 1 tickets. My dad actually called me off of school. That was my birthday present in fact, matter of fact. And I was waiting in line and we played Star Wars Monopoly. Now you got what is it? Monopoly Go. Yeah. On your app, I mean, oh, how far that game's come.
0: Yeah. I think we've had several variations. I ha- I have a Star Wars Monopoly board game. I have the regular game which it's not the same one that I bought when I was 10 years old with my allowance. I uh, had that for the <laughs> longest time. But it, it the, the last one I think we ended up buying was the one where you, you everything's on a credit card, right? It, it has a credit yeah. card little machine, and you just run, and it does all the adding and subtracting. So really? the banker job is way easier. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's amazing the different iterations of this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it, like it, if you i can go into the local walmart and there's a joplin version of you know monopoly and i'm assuming it's that way across the nation oh absolutely
1: there's a a monopoly i'm in a i'm in a suburb outside of cleveland parma ohio there's a parma version of it
0: oh yeah yeah so there you go there's a
1: there's a, a local version of everything monopoly yeah
0: yeah so it's just really cool that it has some legs and Regardless of if you're a board gamer or not, you've played Monopoly at least once. It seems oh, like yeah. so. It's something that, that seems like everybody can, yeah, can sit down and enjoy. Have you ever played Speed Monopoly with with buddies or anything like that?
1: I never played. That. Never I did that. Know okay. What you're
0: about. Well, Speed Monopoly, of course, because you know famously this game can run three, four, five hours. You know, depending right. on. Speed Monopoly is. You pick up the dice, you roll them, you make your move. While you're making your move and transaction, whatever it is, the guy next to you grabs the dice. He rolls his dice and starts to do So basically people are moving almost simultaneously around the board, and you just keep track oh. of what's going on. And you can run through a game in about an hour, hour and a half. And, yeah,
1: if everyone can keep focused. Yeah,
0: the, the problem is, is as the six-packs you know, get dwindled down, <laughs> the games get longer and more arguments break out that's the problem yeah. with speed monopoly but anyway <laughs> so yeah uh, moving on uh november 8th 1789 i had to bring this one up because as a yeah. bit of a whiskey fan uh this mm-hmm. is this is a red letter day november 8th 1789 elijah mm-hmm. craig the first to distill bourbon whiskey from corn in bourbon kentucky and you now you're not far off from bourbon kentucky so do you know the story nope. of how this comes about
1: no i do not
0: okay well i'll first off any a bourbon fan at all yeah sure, sure. Oh, okay great great so this is like this is relevant for all of us because he's the first one to develop uh the process to distill whiskey in charred oak barrels mm-hmm. um and there's a little bit of dispute as I was doing some reading on it. There's some dispute as to how he discovered the process. Either there was an accident that charred one of his barrels and he was intrigued by the flavor that came from it and he just developed from there. Or he used a, a barrel that had cane sugar in it that somehow got caramelized in, in whatever way and that's how he discovered it. In any case, Bourbon, Kentucky is where bourbon comes from and elijah craig uh baptist preacher is the one that that, uh distilled it from corn and gave it to us so thank you sir for your contribution to society and civilization
1: (laughs) i did know that a baptist preacher is the one that made whiskey i did know that and uh that was part of part of the temperance movement was born out of a bunch of preachers who couldn't that hit the bottle yeah and uh i got a chuckle out of that but all i'm gonna say to this guy is god bless you uh (laughs) Thank you, sir. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if a man. I, he probably, I would imagine, wanted the pulpit to be um, what he's remembered for, but he's not.
0: You know, so, sometimes we do use the phrase "doing the Lord's work." Well, <laughs> that's not in what his, he had in mind. I'm but. sure it's not. I'm sure it's not. But uh, thank you, sir, for your <laughs> contribution to humanity. Oh, uh, moving on. Uh, November tenth, nineteen fifty one. Now, in a past issue of geekly retrospect. We talked about the institution of zip codes and how uh, Ryan was my guest with that one and we were both just amazed at how recent in history zip codes were put into place. I think it was the 1960s. Um right. and here we are with telephone area codes being put into use for the first time, direct making direct dial telephone service available from coast to coast. And this happens November 10th, 1951. You're familiar with the the phone system prior to direct dial?
1: Yeah, you had to go through the the operator. Yeah, pick up the hook you up. Exactly, operator. Blah blah blah, and, and you might have even been on a party line where everybody could hear what you're saying. Yeah. So you know, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine the party line, let alone having to pick up operator, connect, put me through, and then you'd have to give an address or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it, so. or 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 know the is was it an address or there was a code? Anyway, I've heard it referenced different ways on older movies and things like that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, older it's a, it's a different time. So
1: <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I, I had to look this up a little bit because I read this. I'm like area codes. Oh yeah, that wasn't always a thing. Yeah, I, I was. I, you just can't imagine that sort of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, In it's, fact,
1: I. I remember in the movie um, Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger where the kid was trying to prove to Arnold that he was in a movie. And so he took him to a blockbuster and he was getting women's phone numbers. And he was like, how many kids, how many phone numbers do you think are like that? And Arnold says, well, that's why we have area codes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just it's hard to believe we're not too awfully far removed from a time when area area code didn't exist and now you know yeah. you know it's it's like, it's like i don't know how many area codes you've lived in i i've lived in several but two uh, of I just, them i mean it's yeah. like it's like if i'm dialing uh arkansas it's 479 if i'm in missouri it's 417 you know it's it it's just mm-hmm. it becomes just a part of your your memory and your identity of who you are and where you are you know so I
1: uh, here here in Cleveland, we for the longest time we were just two one six, and then somewhere oh uh, somewhere in high school I want to say, they switched. They got two four four zero and two one six, and there was a big thing about like, why are they switching area codes? What are they divvying it up for? What's that going on for? Now you could still to this day get hats and shirts that say two one six on it. And-
0: yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. That that speaks to that that identity, you know. Because uh, I grew up area code 501, and then Arkansas got enough people in it. It split it. It had to split in two. So all of Arkansas was 501 until, you know, <laughs> middle middle 90s, and then it, it split. So, yep, yeah. yeah, there you go. November 10th, 1975, and I bring this one up just because I'm a little bit of a um, nautical history buff. Mm-hmm. Uh shipwrecks in particular sinking of warships things like that those i've always found those interesting but i also bring this one up because you're pretty close to the area the, the region where this would have happened
1: you, you know it's funny that you you mentioned this i saw that and i'm going to tell you right now growing up in cleveland um i, I can't speak for the kids today i, I don't think they know anything i about wouldn't that, expect you to three years ago <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> I'm surprised they remember COVID. Happened. If it happened
0: but, before uh, Google, then forget about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it
1: happened before 2015, you know. Yeah. But growing up, you heard this song.
0: Oh, yeah. You heard the story,
1: being in, especially because the ship was supposed to get to Cleveland.
0: Yeah. It was and, on its and, way to Lake Erie. For the listener, what we're talking about, the ore carrier, Edmund Fitzgerald, broke into, and sank in a, a storm on Lake Superior. It's one of the worst Great Lakes disasters in history. And I, yeah. I wanted to bring it up here because you grew up in an area where you would have heard about that. I mean, did oh, you hear absolutely. stories of it besides just hearing the song on the radio? Sure, yeah. sure.
1: I think we might even have a monument to it. They have one. They have the one in Detroit. I think we have one around here. Uh, heck, uh, the local brewery, Great Lakes Brewery, has an ale called Edmund Fitzgerald Ale. There you go. I mean, it's. Um, hey, you're
0: gonna have to send me some of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah,
1: they they um. I never tried it, honest with you, but. Uh, no, growing up, around these parts, uh, that was a story that I I would wager everyone along the Great Lakes, from here to, all the way up to Lake Superior, everyone knows that story. Yeah. At a certain age. Yeah. So that was a shocker.
0: And, and yeah, and shocker because you know normally in these types of of events you know there'll be a survivor or two or or a few although the you know the great lakes they're massive it's it's like being on the ocean so your survivability is not great this one was bad because all the crew gone and and no trace and you know they know it broke into because that's how they found it on the bottom but the, the exact circumstances are still to this day not really understood or known and that makes it a mystery, and we all love our mysteries, don't we?
1: Yeah. That. Well, there was another ship right in front of it. I forget the name of it at the moment. And they radioed back to the captain saying, how you doing? And the last radio transmission was, we're holding our own. Wow. And then that was it. And then that was it. And um, to this day, it is, and this is true of every shipwreck pretty much, but they're all considered uh, cemeteries. Yeah. And so... The reason you don't got a lot of um, investigations and the like is because that would be considered violating sanctified ground, more or less. Yeah,
0: it, do not disturb the 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 site is basically. Yeah. Which a few more years and watch that'll probably end up going away a little bit because I mean just look at what's happened to the Titanic. But um, sure, yeah. sure. But for the now, yeah.
1: you still got family. You still got, There's
0: uh, yeah, there's still a living memory, alike, you know so. that, that still hangs around on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, so moving on from there, uh, November twelfth, nineteen eighty-one, Space Shuttle Columbia launched for the second time. That's STS two, that uh, launched then on November twelfth, eighty-one. Uh, the first time a space vehicle was used more than once, and just we, we've got a lot mm-hmm. of. This mm-hmm. has become the trend, and that's why I, I brought this up here is because you know. Almost forty, well over forty years ago now, um, yeah, we, we've we've got reusable vehicles, and now that's that's kind of that's the common practice, whether it's the rocket or the vehicle itself. And so, yeah, you know, um, as expensive yeah. as it was, space shuttle ahead of the curve a little bit, uh, forward thinking. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we don't get to go visit Columbia in a museum like the other still existing shuttles, and that's a tragedy. But yeah. Well, that's another story. Yeah, it is. For another time. uh, Maybe in February. (laughs) Might bring that one up in a future (laughs) podcast. Uh, November 14th, 1851. Moby Dick, published. uh, Written by Herman uh, Melville. Have you ever read Moby Dick? Uh, No, I've seen the movie plenty of time. uh, The
1: original movie. And I, I know the first words of the book. Call me Ishmael. That's the first three words of it. And... Um, Oh, 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 and I know the ending, and it's not because of (laughs) Wrath of Khan, but from hell's heart I stab at thee, for hate's sake I spitteth my last breath at thee. Um, However, I remember that from the film, not Wrath of Khan, although... Well, my education
0: on Moby Dick comes from First Contact, so... Star Trek First Contact. (laughs) Because, you know, Picard, it's, you know, she makes the comparison of... uh, of um Moby Dick yeah your white whale the so white there whale. you go now yeah. I've actually I actually sat down because it's it's in public domain so you can go on like out you know Apple Books or mm-hmm. whatever and download it and start reading it and and I tried to do sure. that sure uh, on a couple of evenings and it amazes me this is what a hundred and 170 some odd years ago mm-hmm. man the English language has changed a lot in 170 years <laughs> yeah and it is how. it's like trying to and get your how. head wrapped around shakespeare in some places the 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 wording and the structure and yeah bit. it's it's really interesting yeah november 19th 1965 kellogg's pop tarts hit supermarket shelves and breakfast was never the same for little kiddies like like me
1: and you know what you know they weren't the same as they are now oh no no, I'll tell you one. They didn't have as much sugar as they did, and they didn't have uh, uh, gobs of frosting and all the stuff they do to it now.
0: Um, yeah, yeah.
1: But I can tell you. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're they, supposed to toast them, but I don't. I think I might have once. I
0: I almost want to say that when they were released, you didn't ha- you didn't have icing on them when they first no, came out. No, it was just the pocket and the whatever filling. Like that was when it. I
1: was a kid. When I was a kid, they didn't have frosting. Yeah they were just they had just yeah. the holes that's on them.
0: that's how that's how i remember them grape strawberry um those were the ones oh a- apple cinnamon and it yeah. was like yeah. and then, it was those three in our household and that was about it
1: and then they got the frosting on it and we were just about thinking
0: oh man so, suddenly they became breakfast and dessert <laughs>
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Or just a middle of the day snack, whatever yeah, you like. Yeah. And the fact that they came in a two pack, in a you know two
0: double up. Yeah, you just
1: have to. I mean, you, what you basically had to do if you just had to sneak them out because you were never allowed to take more than one. <laughs> yeah. So you just kind of sneak out a pack and be like, "Oh man, I didn't know there were two. In yeah,
0: there. you didn't want to wait too long to get that second one and that was le- left in the open foil because it was a bit a bit uh-huh. hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No,
1: that was. They changed it all. Yeah, Kellogg's not happy, not content with their cereal wins. Yeah, so Kellogg went for pop.
0: Almost, almost fifty years now. We've had mm-hmm. oh, over fifty years. Yeah, over fifty years. We've had Pop Tarts yep. on supermarket shelves. And I, mm-hmm. I put this one in for you, Mark, because I know you love your I, horror. I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate and it. And so the granddad, one of the granddaddies, is released on November twenty first, nineteen thirty one. Frankenstein hits movie theaters. Uh, thoughts on Frankenstein?
1: Oh, uh, so some of the best acting. You know, Colin Clive as Henry Frankenstein. They didn't quite have the rights, and the book wasn't public domain yet, so they had to change a few things up. He wasn't Victor Frankenstein; he was Henry Frankenstein. And uh, there are a few lines, a few tweaks to the story, but more or less, it was as faithful as it can be. And uh that's that really between that and Dracula with Bella Lugosi that kicked off the Universal Monsters which really would later become like you might consider the first film franchise as once you got to Frankenstein meets the Wolfman you started having a lot of mix and matching you know so uh and, and this, then the sequels this would spawn a number of sequels uh, Bride of Frankenstein um Son of Frankenstein, Ghost of Frankenstein, Curse of Frankenstein, but... Um,
0: Abbott and Costello you know, then, uh, meet Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. House of Frankenstein, yeah. um, House of Dracula, which would have him in there. But And, you know, Boris Karloff did this role, and um, he uh, actually had to have a stiff uh, metal rod in his back so he would walk stiffly, and he said it was a nightmare, not just... Not just to mention putting on the makeup. Yeah. Um, Other fun fact about that movie. You know, when Colin Clive Henry says, it's alive, it's alive. There's a line in there that they cut out. If you get the movie now, it's in there. But they, you know, he's wigging out. He's saying, it's alive, it's alive. And his friends are saying, Henry, in the name of God. And he says, in the name of God, now I know what it feels like to be God. And they cut that out. The censors mm. did. For its irreverence. Yeah.
0: Bla- blasphemous. Now,
1: it's blasphemous. Yeah. The Hollywood code and all. Yeah. It's back in now. It's back in now. But I remember the first time I saw that movie, that line wasn't in there. Mm. I knew that. And then they, a few years later, I saw it again in um, a VHS release. And it was back in. So, uh, But no. Spectacular movie. Colin Clive. Uh, there's, um, a famous look at him when they're the night of the experiment, the, uh, his friends come to see him and they tell him, don't you think this is mad? And he just looks with this angry look at his hair, just going down the side of his face. And he said, mad after tonight, you'll see if I'm mad. Uh, it's. You can't replace that kind of acting or that. kind yeah. of Yeah,
0: you know? no, it's there's something about those older, old, older literature coming to film for the first time, and it's it's all still done as if it's a stage play.
1: And that's and it. They were stage. Yeah, actors. they
0: were stage actors. vaudeville. They were all straight out of vaudeville, and and, right. and stage acting was you know classically trained. Whatever it was, yeah, that was the that was the forum, and it shows. And yeah, we can look at it now and say, "Well, it's not like today; it's not natural." But there's, it was art, and and you That's... you can go back and watch those and still have an appreciation for them and be entertained.
1: Yeah, you you know that you got to appreciate the fact that they came from stage and it was all new. Everybody yeah. was still film was still new. They were still getting their ways. And, you know, talkies had been relatively yeah. new. Um, I remember watching um, All Quiet on the Western Front. And the scene where the main character gets, I guess, some shrapnel, an explosion happens near him, and he falls on the ground, and he grabs his side, and he contorts and goes, "Oh my side, my side," because that's what you do on stage. So he just did. He and the director just figured, well, that's you know,
0: let's do it. Yeah, tell tell the audience. So. You don't have to show them. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they haven't quite. there was a new. Yeah. it was a new yeah. medium. You know. Yeah. No, so I, I I figured you were the right man to bring on with this project. Yeah, g- you. give you a, a little bit of a, a stage to to shine on there, because uh, I know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Can't believe we haven't talked about that on Mallory yet.
0: That's true. You need to go back to some of the old classics.
1: I think I do. I think we do. I think we. I mean, we have. Yeah. But I think we need to hit that. Oh one up. sure. I think we will need to. Hit For that sure. One
0: one yep. Yeah. November 26, nineteen fifty six. Uh, speaking of. Uh, Things to do while ha- enjoying your pop tart. <laughs> the television game show <laughs> The Price Is Right premieres on NBC again, November twenty sixth, nineteen fifty six. Man, that is long running. It's still going, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's still going with uh, with a local Cleveland boy, Drew. Kennedy, yes,
0: that's right. Yeah,
1: and uh, now Bob Barker was he the guy that started that show off? I
0: don't believe it was Bob Barker that started it. Okay. No, he inherited it in okay. the. Early wow. 70s, I want to say.
1: He he clearly eclipsed the guy that he picked up from. Yeah. Because if you ask anybody, you know, Price is Right. Oh, yeah, Bob Barker. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Bob Barker. I, I should you know, have looked that up, Drew, but I'm not going to right now.
1: You know, if I were Drew Carey, I would have been thinking, oh, I have big shoes to fill. I am not going to go. I'm... <laughs> And it's not and it's not like Bob did anything super special. It's just, you
0: know, it's... He was just he was like a grandfather. And yeah. you know, it, on those days <laughs> where it. I got to stay home because I was sick or, you know, for whatever reason if I was home from school, Price is Right was on. And and I watched it. and oh, Bob yeah. Barker was a just he was he was a granddad. And and loved watching him. I loved uh, Plinko. I loved uh, the the oh the, the yodeler God. that goes up the mountain. I, would, I wanted mm-hmm. to know if he fell off or not. You know, it's <laughs> a, a lot of those games are just iconic. And man, just yep. what a way to spend. T- it, for here, it was ten a.m. So from ten a.m. on for an hour, you just you know ate yeah. your cereal or your so. Pop Tart and watched Prices Right
1: summer break was uh, oh yeah always tune into prices absolutely right. and you know, i you know i think with bob too it was also kind of like um you know he's like okay I, I don't really go to bars or nothing but you know he's like that bartender is always yeah. there you get comfy yeah and that's bob so when he retired it was like so so are they going to cancel prices right what's the point now i mean <laughs> i don't i don't think they should but. Yeah. I mean, oh, Drew Carey's doing, yeah. okay, good for him.
0: But Now, uh, <laughs> do you remember the time when Price is Right went primetime? It was middle 80s, mid, mid to late 80s. Do you remember when they tried uh, that? No, I don't yeah. remember
1: that. I, You know, I, I probably was
0: too it, young. It was, you and I, you and I reviewed Flight of the Navigator, and the family yeah. was sitting watching TV with the, the FBI guys in the room with them. Price is Right oh. was on, and it was nighttime. And I always thought... I'm like, that's just kind of weird. But no, that that was a thing. It, it, it was uh, it was a primetime game show for a short bit.
1: Well, you know, I think that was better off in the morning
0: slot. Yeah. Honestly, yeah.
1: I think they, I think they you know they tried something new. Fine, but I think everyone got comfy and thought, "What's this?" Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, All right. So, Price is Right, and rest in peace, Bob. And finally, we have November twenty ninth, nineteen seventy two. Atari launches the video game Pong. And I did a little bit of digging on this one. They they launched both the console for home, the dedicated Pong console, and the, the arcade version that you would go and, and stick your quarter in, or whatever it was at the time. So, so those launched concurrently, November ninth, 1972, Pong, and basically revolutionized not necessarily the arcade world, but... The, the home console world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um any experience with Pong? Uh
1: yeah, in fact my um let's see, my aunt had uh what was it? Uh I think it was a I think it was a Sears version
0: of Pong.
1: Yeah. They had so many different Pong yeah, consoles yeah. uh different companies and she had a Sears one and she gave it to us and at that point, we already had Atari. I think we might have even had a Nintendo. And even if we didn't, we had Atari. And so, and my dad had a a real good computer Atari. And so, just Pong was kind of like that's it. That's you About got. three minutes, Cause I and got, you're done. <laughs> I got yeah, I got Blue Max over here where I'm flying around in an airplane shooting bad guys. Why would I? All right, I'll give it a yeah. shot. Um, yeah. But no, most of Pong was just that. I mean, I, I, mean, I played it, but by the time we got into gaming, it
0: was that Sears console. I remember. I don't think I ever had one in the house, but I, I, I vaguely remember being at a friend, a friend's house that had one. Or and if you didn't, they were in garage sales everywhere. It felt like anyway. Oh, yeah. When we showed up at a garage sale, it's like, oh, there's a console. Oh, it's just Pong. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, or once we almost bought one for a couple bucks until my dad had the wise, um, the wisdom to open it up and see that the batteries were leaking acid all over it. And he's like, ah, uh, this thing's dead. Yeah,
0: pass, pass. So, so so I got a little trivia for you here. Uh, so that the Pong console was not the first console to come out, a uh, home console. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, can you... Can you give a date or the name of the console that came out previous to this? Uh,
1: probably the what is it, the Magnavox Odyssey? Or That's something it. Like that. that is
0: the one. Uh, came out September 1972. So just, fully a year before. It
1: just, it just had a little. Um, I remember seeing this on um, at a friend's house, but also an angry video game nerd covered it. He would put in a little program card, and it'd just be this little dot you maneuvered on the screen, and you'd have to put some overlay over your TV. Yeah. And it really wasn't even that, <laughs> you know. It was kind of like, and then Pong comes along, and you're like, whoa, I don't need an overlay?
0: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, early early gaming, this this predates me, believe it or not, So, but uh, I, I felt like as much as we talk about games on this show and, you know, uh, historical references for Nintendo and xbox and other things like that uh pong and atari needed a little bit of a needed a little bit of love here and that's what we got for the month of november mark i've asked you here for an important main discussion and so we're going to pivot over to that now our question for our main discussion is has dave filoni been good for star wars
1: meant about because they're not as big into Star Wars as I
0: am. Um, well, here's your chance. And so <laughs> here, <laughs> here it is. Here, here it, is. it is. Yeah, so um we just wrapped the Ahsoka series on Disney Plus mm-hmm. and you you've had a yep. chance to to consume it. I've had a chance to I watched watch, it. Yeah, watched it uh, a couple of times now. And you know, we're we're talking about this show in in, in With the lens of how has Dave Filoni, has the stamp that he's put on Star Wars, has it been good for it or not? And the first thing we're going to do here is kind of frame the discussion with the body of work that we have seen. Mostly, I mean, I know there's teams of writers that work on these things, but in some shape or form, he is the executive producer, showrunner, head writer, whatever it might be. And so
1: he's the he, he got the writing credit for Ahsoka. Yeah,
0: yeah, essentially every, all the way through every
1: episode writer. Ahsoka, yeah, and, you know, or writer Dave Filoni. So.
0: And really, Ahsoka is that is his baby. That character is is his baby. Um, yeah. So let's talk about it, uh, Ahsoka. You've had a chance to watch it. You and I both have. We haven't talked online or anything other than a couple of initial thoughts when it first started. Uh, where where are you with this series?
1: Well, let me let me say one quick thing before anybody out there wants to reach through the, the podcast Stratosphere and punch me.
0: Oh, no, 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 you know, no. I mean, we, are, we are completely unapologetic <laughs> for our opinions.
1: All right. <laughs> no, go the, ahead. Um, there's a guy I watch online, Thor Skywalker, and he made it one point that I had to concede. Regardless of what I think about the man, there's no malice in him. He does like Star Wars. He's not out to bring it down. You know, he's not, he's not Taiki Waititi saying, oh man, I'm going to kick this thing in the nuts and laugh at you guys who are getting mad about it. Um, he l- genuinely loves Star Wars. Um, but as I thought about that, when you're at a point where one of the best things you could say about a show is the creator is not trying to derail the story, that's a perk. Well, that that I mean, shouldn't that be the case anyway? How is that a benefit? If that's the one of the better things about the show, we're in trouble because, um, you know, I'm in the not to put the cart before the horse kind of thing, but I'm part of sh- I'm one of the showrunners for an audio drama, or Zodiac Task Force. Why would I sandbag that? I want that to succeed. I want that to do well. But at any rate, the man means well. So he's not being a jerk. Yeah. I, uh, I, I can I can put that yeah, out Yeah.
0: I, I didn't say it. The, the, the first sentence I have under my notes or for my notes here is that he's been involved with Star Wars from the very beginning of his career. Uh, since yeah. the middle 2000s, he learned at the feet of George Lucas, the master. Right. right? So he... Absorbed George Lucas's philosophy, thinking, uh, outlook on Star Wars, and so he comes at it from, like you said, no malice. There's nothing but love there for the series because if you look at his credits on IMDb, I was expecting to look and say, okay, what else has he worked on that we could kind of filter into this? There's nothing else.
1: There's nothing. He is he is
0: fully vested in Star Wars. That that right. said, here we have Ahsoka and and, uh, and I interrupted you as you were winding up to that's thoughts right. on it so go ahead
1: so Ahsoka what can I say about it I you know the, when I watch it a couple things come to mind I blame this on bad d and um, this looks like someone's 8th grade Dungeons and Dragons adventure that's the, the quality for me the quality of writing Um, it's something I would have written. It's the kind of Star Wars adventure. I played Star Wars, the role-playing game when I was in eighth grade. As a matter of fact, it was the first role-playing game I ever played. My dad wouldn't let me play anything else. And this was the kind of adventure I would write. Where a lot of things were unclear. It didn't make sense. Um, how do you know the space whales are going to go to the right planet? You don't. What's the world between worlds? Heck, the world between worlds, I remember when we did the game in eighth grade, we had a thing called the Silver Order of Jedi that may as well have been gods. I mean, they we just made force powers up and they could do all sorts of things. A friend of mine had a ship that could time travel. And based on a Star Wars Marvel comic um, cover, I made a, a, like a space demon that could catch it. It was just go gonzo. Didn't make any sense. And that's what this looks like. This looks like 8th grade me and my friends making Star Wars. And it also reminds me, because Dave Filoni is addicted to Ahsoka. I don't know if it's because he's constantly trying to get paid by paid for that. Or he just loves that character. But it reminds me of those Game Masters that made that one main villain or npc we call them or whatever and that npc has to be in every adventure because they're just absolutely in love with it they have to be there no matter what and so this show just seems like aside from so the, the first observation is it seems like really bad middle school level eighth grade dnd writing second thing is ahsoka you sure that's the right title for this shouldn't it be rebels season five because if you liked Rebels, then this show is right up your alley. Right up your alley. But if you didn't watch Rebels or didn't make it through, like me, you're lost. You're starting off on the wrong foot. One of the things about The Mandalorian Season 1, and I, I, you got that in your notes here. I don't want to jump too far ahead. But I could say Mandalorian Season 1 was successful... Because it was new, it was a new direction, and anybody could jump in. You could know nothing and jump in and enjoy it. Even when some little things popped in. Like at the very, very end when Moff Gideon has the Darksaber. You don't have to know what that is to enjoy it. Because if you know what it is, you're thinking, oh man, he's got the Darksaber, how did he get that? And if you didn't know what it was, you were thinking, oh man, what is that? There was a hook. This was flat out Filoni saying, well, you should go back and watch Rebels. And it all goes back to what Scott and I and Melody always say. If I gotta do homework to get your show, you've done something wrong. Because, you know, first episode, I gotta find Ezra. Yeah, we gotta find Ezra. Who's Ezra? And they never cover that. It's not like, you know, I knew who he was, but You know, so those are the first two thoughts. D&D eighth grade writing and um, just, just call it what it is, man. Rebels season five. Yeah. It ain't about Ahsoka. It's about Ahsoka for one episode. Oh, and the third point, final point about Ahsoka, what I thought, you know, you saw a lot of react videos of people watching this show and they are not hard to please. You know, Filoni, you're a genius. He's a genius because he dropped Anakin into it. That's it. That's all it took. <laughs> I mean, and, and you see him crying about it and, oh, it's Anakin Vader. It's Anakin ah, oh my gosh, oh my God, that's the greatest thing. Oh, Filoni, you and you brought my childhood back. It's like, that's all it took? Man, I mean, <laughs> hey, good for you that you're easy to please, but... It sounds to me like all he had to do was name drop Thrawn and you were jumping up and down like a kid hopped up on pixie sticks and Kool-Aid. I mean,
0: Yeah, but I mean uh, it isn't that this is just where we're at now with Star Wars, isn't it? I mean we've got a we've got generations that have come in behind us. You know, we, we are of a certain age. There's two, three generations that are coming up now about that on on and what have they come up on clone wars rebels mandalorian all of this more recent stuff um and and we didn't get to live in a time where we got to see characters brought forward from one to another other than leia han and luke right Right. um and and love or hate the, the sequel trilogy it was great to see luke skywalker again in that role on screen i mean i didn't like where they took the character no, but when he first no. showed up at the end of force awakens i'm like yes you know of course but i i i feel like that that's that this is it's not our star wars now and so to see those reactions like you're talking about where people are like oh you brought in this character you brought her forward yeah, it just seems like a natural reaction for somebody that says invested in the Clone Wars as, you know, a 10 year old kid would have been. And now they're 20 years old and they're seeing the conclusion of a broken relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin. Right. That's because that's that's what they that's the last thing they know of from the Clone Wars. And so I, I don't fault them for being emotional about what we saw. Is it over the top? Yeah, if you're crying yeah. on YouTube, yeah, I, I I'm not on board with that. But but yeah. I can I can kind of understand because like you said, it it really was Rebels season five. And for me yeah. personally, having loved Rebels
1: Then it's it, right up. Yeah, I'm me.
0: watching it and I'm like, Yeah, I'm 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 here with it. I understand. Um at what point at what point though Do the writers have to like you were talking about you and Scott saying, if I've got to do homework, then you've missed the you've missed the boat. You missed the point. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Can we do that with Star Wars now? There is so much lore now on television and in movies.
1: They did it with Mandalorian season one. They, that's, right. um, they started departing that with season two, and that's when you started seeing a drop. That's true. And then by the time you got to three, three most, I mean, three did a business. So,
0: so is every new and series going to have to have its own brand new set of characters? Is that the the it, secret sauce?
1: I think you might have to because you've got, you got a galaxy of, you know, the way it was described in the past is a galaxy of a thousand thousand worlds. Yeah. And, you know, you can move on. You know, there was, you know, I might not know this. I just found out myself recently that Kenner, the company that made all the Star Wars toys, after 1985, they wanted to release a brand new series of toys called The Saga Continues. And it was going to be about a a villain. Uh, what was his name? Atari. No, not Atari. Athar um, Prime or something like that. <laughs> Some of it sounded really good, some of it not. Tarkin was going to come back, even though he got blown up on the Death Star. That wasn't good. But Glad they didn't so go the there. Athar, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, Lucasfilm didn't give him the okay to make the toys. Basically, Kenner was trying to make more Star Wars sure. toys. Um, but they made Athar Prime. Uh, that was going to be a bad guy based on some sketch early sketches from the first film and they had clone type so, troopers. Sounds like they might have and... been
0: influenced by Transformers a little bit on that name, but okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably. But but they were some geneticists that were gonna that were being held back by the Empire, and now they were gonna come in, and that was gonna be Luke and Han's new, you know, enemy to fight. Hmm. And it's stuff like that, I think, Star Wars needs to go. If you look at the novels and the comics, um, a lot of it was the continuation, you know. But you didn't necessarily need to know what came before to enjoy that. I think the problem we're at now is it's when you make something a club, you make a niche audience. And if you're Disney and you're spending this kind of money, you want it to appeal to everyone. You know, especially now with Disney Plus subscriptions going down. Yeah um a lot of their a lot of lucasfilm they've been not doing so hot you want to appeal to the broadest audience and the mandalorian season one did that yeah i mean it was a huge rip-roaring success and it was well deserved i I might add
0: right Um, but it it, didn't it didn't the third season felt like that uh horse had been whipped enough because it felt like that to me
1: it's that, that that's true, and the fact that they started, well, they, you saw this in season two, but they started incorporating more stuff from, like, Clone Wars or Rebels. And I watched all of Clone Wars. Um, I was kind of a latecomer to that bandwagon. Yeah. I mean, I'll hold off on that. Well, no, we, we
0: can, we can to start to wrap that, those but... into this discussion, because I think um, it's hard to kind of parse out <laughs> and not talk about certain right, series.
1: Because Clone Wars, I saw when the movie came out in the theater. Yeah, same. I went and saw that, and not a uh, fan. My head, my head cannon will not allow for that movie, <laughs> yeah. not without major tweaks. Because do we have to keep going back to Jabba the Hutt and Tatooine? You know, yeah. I keep going back to Luke from the first movie. I don't know what planet we're on. Well, if there's a bright center of the universe, you're on the planet that is farthest from. And we keep going
0: back if, there. If that's the case, for man, the... we end up here an awful lot, don't we?
1: Yeah, we exactly. This is. This is like going to Levittsburg, Ohio. And if you don't know where that is, it's on the border with West Virginia. And it's one of those towns where downtown consists of a gas station, a McDonald's, and that tool sheds trading post that uh, good luck finding anything you need um, run by the old guy that's been there since the Carter administration, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know... That's the middle of nowhere. Yet we keep winding up there, don't we? Yeah. levittsburg Ohio seems to be the center of everything. Yeah. But um, but you
0: got to enjoy it I, later, though. The the Clone that? Wars. You you came around. Yeah. To the well, show. what
1: happened? Well, what happened was, you know, I was not watching it because I thought, how can Anakin and Obi Wan be the center of everything? Yeah. Plus, it clashed with some of the novels and the comics that I liked really mm-hmm. much. I liked a lot. But a buddy of mine was watching it all the time, and he was telling me I should give it a chance. He'd always oh come on, give it a chance, give it a chance. So I watched a couple episodes, and I thought oh, this isn't too bad. And then when um, you know, right before it left, right before it left Netflix because of uh, Disney Plus, I decided all right, I'm going to watch the whole thing, and I did. And then right as the time I got done with the Season 6, Season 7 came out. Like, I, it, it couldn't have been timed more perfectly. I mean, it, it must have been an act of God or something. So I just picked right back up. I didn't have to be like, oh, what happened? No, I just picked right back up on there. And um, overall, I enjoyed Clone Wars. Um, and I think what happened was... Filoni is like Lucas in that he needs a Gary curse. Yeah. You know what I mean? He needs someone to take his ideas and write it out for him. When you give Filoni full control, he's made it clear that he can't get past eighth grade Star Wars, the role playing game style writing. He's, he can come up with the conceptual things that are great. He just needs someone else to, to take care of the nuts and bolts. Um,
0: Make it fit. and I Make think, it fit right. Yeah, exactly. Because,
1: Make it work. Make it work. Mature it or, up as needed. Or like you're saying, you like it's like
0: somebody that says, "Hey, maybe we need to take a step back and, and figure out how this fits in a little bit better over here instead," because right. I, I, Overall, my thoughts on Ahsoka were mostly positive. It's not a perfect series, by any means, and like there's a few things in there that Dave Felone goes back to that Dathomiri well. And that was the thing yeah, about yeah, the rebel or the rebel series that that one episode where they go to Dathomir is like my least favorite of of any of the I, stories that are told in Rebels. I wish
1: they would leave that for
0: I a do long. too. And now they're setting it up for the continuing story is going to involve this whole Dathomir witches and the dark magics and stuff. And it's like it's mm-hmm. like I, I I don't want that in my Star Wars, especially not and zombies. That's it. The zombie
1: stormtroopers, I thought – there was there was a novel a couple years before Disney bought it called uh, Red Harvest. And,
0: and you mean that in both senses and of the word, a novel in a book and a novel, just a novel idea. <laughs> that doesn't work too well, great. It, it well,
1: was, it wasn't work. It didn't yeah. work. I read it. I don't know why I read it, but it was supposed to be Sith-growing zombies, and it was – Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, and then that the other book the same author wrote was Death Troopers. I didn't even give that a yeah. chance. I was like, horror Star Wars? Really? Come on!
0: I but mean, that's that, and so, there it is. And you make the great point. Somebody needed to stand him back and say, "Hey, let's let's maybe let's not go full bore that direction with it." I wish that is what had happened.
1: Well, and I wish I wished he did not use Thrawn because you're talking about what about the people have seen before? All right, I remember Thrawn in the books. And that was not Thrawn on the screen, all right? Thrawn was far cooler and far smarter than what we got in Ahsoka. Yeah. And to see him in this was just like, huh? Nope. And the fact that the Stormtroopers were all idiots, remember where they, they run up and uh, Ezra's just like, Wait! let's talk yeah. and the stormtroopers aren't shooting it's yeah. like no, no 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 it's yeah and they and they and what their armor's held together by rubber bands i mean it's like and gold and yeah it's like dave you really need someone to sit down with you and, and, you, and you, I, know you know what i thought
0: I, when i saw that stormtrooper armor is the the toy company paid for them to do something different with the stormtroopers, yep. so that this line of toys would look a little—it's the J.J. Abrams in the sequel trilogy all over again with the red, yeah, the red yeah. markings. Make
1: yeah. the Sith troopers yeah. so we could sell yeah. something else. Yeah, so
0: it's so it is things like I, that that do that do tarnish what overall I thought was a lot of good because like it's like for like I said for me the story of coming full circle with Ahsoka and Anakin. I thought was tastefully done maybe not perfect I would uh, maybe a little bit different Um, I can't really articulate exactly what it was that I feel like was missing from it felt like there was something missing but in in the end I love the way the series leaves those two characters and their once broken relationship now behind them but not as uh, not as broken as it is like at the end of of season seven of clone wars where you know she drops her lightsaber and walks away from it you know
1: i yeah well at the end of season seven though she doesn't even see Anakin. right like she because anakin runs off to coruscant and she goes to mandalore right. and that's the end of that i mean they whatever the, broken relationship happened in rebels with darth vader but i didn't, I didn't even get that
0: far. oh you didn't wow okay so no, so i that
1: i cut out somewhere in season two i'll admit if Rebels had been a show when I was a kid, I probably would have liked it.
0: Yeah,
1: I'll be honest that I probably would have liked it as a kid.
0: By by the end of season two, that's where it really strikes for me, where it really where it really got good because of that story where Vader and Ahsoka uh, meet, and and it's it was done better in Rebels than it was in the Obi Wan Kenobi series that we just got last year.
1: <laughs> well, that was oh, yeah, that was. We're,
0: Wow. But we're not going to talk about that Less one said about at all. That. Less yeah. said about that. Let, let me ask you about this yeah. though. We have we have mm-hmm. Tales of the Jedi and the Bad Batch. Have you seen either one mm-hmm. of those series? Thoughts there?
1: I did not watch Tales of the Jedi. Okay. I watched Bad Batch. Bad Batch is okay. Yeah. It's not great, but it's not bad. Um, season two was interesting because it was all over the place thematically. It was a lot, a little more zany. A little bit. Unless they had, unless they had episodes about the sniper.
0: Yeah. Well, that was, what was the yeah. For thing. me, that um, was the core. Um, those those were, are those are the powerful. episodes.
1: Where all of a sudden, it power there was some power you're there. Like, Wait, yeah. Uh, it is so it's all over the place. Overall, though, still good. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't feel like I wasted my time. Um, I know. Um, I'll be honest with you, Ahsoka. I would have quit if I knew I would not coming on the show. But Bad Batch, no. And if a season three comes out, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Um, I I I think it's. It's not the best Star Wars, but it's not bad.
0: I, I'm not going to recommend that you watch Tales of the Jedi because of uh, what I'm getting from you is a strong sense of if it's if it's stories that we've gotten out of prior characters and we're going to bring in new stories with these same characters. It seems to me like you have a little bit of resistance to that. I, am I accurate? I, I
1: I think it's just um, I'm soak Ahsoka, over Ahsoka okay. out, and I know Tales is a lot about. Okay, it. see. When I hear Tales of the Jedi, I think you're going to tell me about Jedi as in others. But when I I watched the first and when I realized, oh, it's about Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. Again, uh, I
0: forgot
1: it's, it's a I cute... forgot Dave Filoni's still milking <laughs> yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Anyway, he was the showrunner for this one. So, yeah. But uh, it, yeah. It's, it's not a great story, but it does tell a little backstory of where she comes from. Great. Fine. Subsequent stories go with a young Qui-Gon Jin and... Count Dooku, or uh, whatever his, his Jedi name was, um, mm-hmm. good uh, again, powerful storytelling in several of those episodes where it touches on their their history together, and that to me is is like that's that's where the real gems of that series are at, because uh, it did give us something um, something more, right? It, it wasn't just the same. You know, Pew Pew and uh, raucous adventure it, there was that core of what Star Wars is and that's telling stories about people and, and when it does that well Star Wars does well we see that in Mandalorian we see that in Clone Wars like you said I didn't get on board with Clone Wars for the exact same reason as you it's like how, how many stories can we tell about these two Jedi well that's not what yeah. Clone Wars is about Clone Wars is the story about a bunch of people and how they get wrapped up in this, this event, this thing, and
1: it, but you got to admit, Anakin and Obi Wan are
0: in it. They're in know. it a lot, yeah, and, and and you know, rightfully so. You got to hook in the people that are maybe just tacitly interested, and that's going to be the draw yeah. for them. But where it goes to other places and tells other people's stories in great detail, that's some of the best storytelling in that series, and in Rebels, and in The Mandalorian, and in The Bad Batch. And I think that's where Filoni does get Star Wars, is he is able, I feel like, to tell stories about people up to a point. And I, I think you may be right. I think he needs to let Ahsoka go just a little bit because he he may be holding on to that one a little bit too tightly.
1: Well, and I think he's kind of trying to with season five. I'll be, I'll be honest, too, another reason I just did not like what what – even if Rebels gets better, what would have killed the whole lot for me and what killed Ahsoka partially was the world between worlds. I hate that thing. I hate reset buttons. Because <laughs> that's what that is, isn't it? It's just one giant, I don't need to define it, I don't need to make rules, reset button. And I've listened to interviews of Dave Filoni, and he, he's one of those I don't like to play in a sandbox writers. I, I just can't respect that. I can't respect a writer who can't play in a sandbox, even when the sandbox is of their own making. I can't do that because you, what you're essentially saying to me is you can't be bothered to give me the best writing. If you decide, you know, it reminds me of, you know, back back in the day when on Saturday Morning Cartoons, Garfield had a show, Garfield and Friends, and... One of the segments on there was the farm animals, U.S. Acres. In one episode, uh, they were trying to read... The the two chicks, they were trying to put them to sleep, so they were reading them a story of Rumpelstiltskin. But the kids didn't like the story of Rumpelstiltskin, so they changed it from a miller and his daughter to a ninja and his daughter. And they were practicing. And Rumpelstiltskin was a superhero. And, uh, you know at the end, and then instead of having to give up the firstborn son, it was, giving your VCR, and, and towards the end, they just started fighting, like, oh, Rumpelstiltskin then took the person's VCR and ran away, ah, oh, but then he got it by using a ninja, oh, but then he got away by using a rocket sled, oh, yeah, well, he used, he stopped him with his rocket sled by using his trained dinosaurs, and that's what not being able to write in a sandbox is. It's I'm going to make up whatever I want, however I want to keep it's, things moving. It's it's that kindergarten and kid that changes
0: the rules to fit his. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What and he I wants. call it
1: Jorpor syndrome. When I when my nephew was six, his favorite action figure was a little tin of candy band aids called Jorpor, that had the power of Superman and Jesus. <laughs> unless I got a hold of him, <laughs> then he was weak as a, then he was weak as wet toilet paper. Yeah. But as soon as he had him again, he went back to being Hulk Jesus Superman. Yeah. And uh And
0: that you know, and that's kind he, of a soap. Stop soap him. With, yeah, with and soap. that's
1: and I can't do in the world between worlds, yeah. you know. It's a reset button that I don't need to define because I don't feel like it. What's Anakin's ghost? Do all force ghosts go there? I don't know. I'm not gonna talk about it until I feel like changing it, but then I'll change it again. I can't respect that. I think Filoni is a good guy. He likes Star Wars, and for the most part has some good ideas. You know, where he went, I, you know, he keeps tapping. He'd do better to stop tapping into the same old thing. He could leave Dothamir, Ahsoka, and the world between worlds and um, um, Mandalore alone, but, and, and branch out, and he needs someone to be a, I think you said mentor would be a good word. He mm. needs someone to calm him down. Yeah. And focus him or say, okay, those are good ideas, Dave. I'll take it from here. I'll work it out. And I'm sure that's probably what happened with Clone Wars. That's why there was a degree of coherence. That's why there was some good stuff in there. There were some stories that made me say, wow, that was fun. Yeah. You You know, because Dave, when you look on there, he didn't get full writing credits. Right. Whereas this, he did. And... And to a degree, I get what Lucas for why Lucasfilm did that for him, because he had written Mandalorian season one, which is the most successful Star Wars property has been that has come out since they got the yeah. thing. So they gave him the whole kit and caboodle, and you know.
0: So so. They got to rethink. So that. when it comes to this question, and and we're going to have to because we're over an hour now. We're gonna we're gonna land sure, this sure. this plane. So yeah. the question was, has Dave Floney been good for Star Wars? Mark, can you give a yes uh, or no?
1: He could be a good. Um, if they just get someone to calm him down and give him that mentor, he could be a lot
0: of good. So, so you're um, saying there's hope. There's hope that it, it will continue a, to be I'm good saying, stuff out there.
1: I'm saying keep him and get someone in there to uh, curb his ideas. Yeah. Or curb or shape or whatever you gotta call yeah. it. Um I'm not saying chuck him out. You know, some people are mm, fire day Filoni. It's like, oh hold on, hold on now, hold on. Now he's not all bad ideas and he does like what he's yeah. doing. All right. There's no doubt about his passion. You know, I'll take that. I that's that's the right start. That's the right building block to
0: start. Yeah. For. No, and I, I agree with you. Has, has he been good for Star Wars? Yes, I, I would say yes. I'm probably a bit more positive on him than, than you are because there's a, a few things about Rebels and Ahsoka in particular that I, I particularly enjoyed. I, I derived enjoyment from it. But I don't fault you and agree with a lot of the points that you're making here that he needs to be careful not to go too far into the, the wild and crazy lore that feels like is now being brought in like the I hate the zombie stormtroopers. I don't oh, like yeah. the death of Mary. I, I, and you're right. Thrawn isn't I I didn't like when you have that moment between Morgan and Thrawn where she says his uh, his uh, her talking about Ahsoka uh her master was Anakin Skywalker. Thrawn looks scared. And to me that mm-hmm. is not the character. Right. So no. there are beats that miss for me. But all in all, I really did like the series and was entertained by it. And and I don't I don't like some of the things that are in the pipeline, obviously, that are coming along. Um, I'll just have to pick and choose and parse things that I do enjoy, like I've had right. to do out of previous Star Wars for the last several years. For sure. So that's I think I that's mean, where we're at here.
1: Um, for sure. I mean, I'm not going to blame Filoni for Obi-Wan and. Boba Fett because yeah. he didn't yeah. run that no. show. That was a Kathleen Kennedy he didn't run that, thing. So I that's I can't.
0: That's a whole And thing.
1: uh, you know, Obi-Wan was just <laughs> 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 Yeah, I agree, And yeah. uh, Boba Fett was too. I didn't even finish the last episode. Yeah. Well, I got 10 minutes in. It was probably and then that I, was probably
0: the flattest of them for me. Well, I don't know. It's a toss up between it and, and Obi-Wan, but
1: And I saw someone just say like, "Oh, he rides a rancor." I'm like, "Oh, I'm not even
0: i wanted that I wanted that toy, but in the end it didn't save the show and a lot of the bad things that were coming out of it so. <laughs> well,
1: and I'll be honest too I remember the the one episode with the the chase scene <laughs> the scooter scene all right? yeah. and I was driving through i was driving to i think I was driving to Scotts and I hit a spot that was a school zone. <laughs> And as I was driving through this school zone, I'm thinking, I'm driving the same speed as that chase yeah. scene in that show. Yeah. Like, if a bunch of kids on scooters, push scooters, okay? Yeah. Like, you got ones you got to push with your foot, came up next to me and started kicking my door, it'd feel exactly like there you that go. show right now. There's a
0: mental image for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, that's our thoughts on both Ahsoka and on the, the bigger subject of, of Dave Filoni a little bit of a controversial figure I, I would say yeah, there's I, I think we're we're looking at for me 70 30 I like about 70% of what he's doing there's 30 percent that I could I could leave uh, and you're probably somewhere around 50 50 60 40 was I was thinking 50 okay is
1: probably about right. that sounds
0: about right for you I think <laughs> in any case that will draw this particular uh, Conversation to a close uh, And so Mark why, why don't you tell us about Your end of things uh, I brought you in here uh, to, to to be on the, on Geekly Retrospect But you've got your own set of shows And things that you're doing Over on a Raving Lunatic Media Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's happening there
1: Oh sure yeah We got a lot going on especially this month um, So we just finished up My favorite month Horror month Or oh. as now Scott calls it Streetwalker Month. There Thanks you go. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that, Ethan. You're welcome. Um, and we did computer horror. <clears throat> Plus, uh, I, you know, we did something a little uncharacteristic of us. I reviewed a Star Trek episode. I did a solo j- job because we were short one week, so I went ahead and I did a Scott recommended Cat's Paw. Because he said that was a Halloween episode, and uh, before I even watched the episode, he said it's one episode where they managed to make a real cat look fake. We're also we're in Nolan November now. We're doing Chris Nolan movies this month. Uh, we already did Tenet oh about a year ago for Spy September, but we're gonna we're gonna be covering um, uh, Inception. That's the word Inception uh interstellar and uh oppenheimer and i know oppenheimer is not science fiction but it's the new big thing and it was a great movie so we're going to review it uh and i'm also going to be explaining why i have suddenly changed my mind about chris nolan because if you i don't know if you've ever listened back to earlier episodes i trashed that guy and i've had a complete change i've had a 180 and in december we'll be doing uh redoing some things uh I probably should have told you ahead of time, but we're looking to redo King Kong seventy seven. Remember that movie that I ruined by missing by uh, screwing up my audio? And we're going to look to redo that. And uh, would love to have you on. Hey, ride.
0: I've still i I will watch that movie anytime. I would be happy to come <laughs> back for it.
1: I I would I would gladly watch that movie again. Um, I still get that soundtrack in my head, <laughs> and the sound of the the sound of King Kong the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great sound, great sound. Beautifully effect. shot. Uh, one, yeah, it's a great movie, and I don't know what people are saying it was a garbage movie. I don't know, you know, not i not as iconic as the original, but still a good movie. Um, and at the same time, we were wrapping up our show Zodiac Task Force uh, season one will be wrapping up pretty soon here, actually. Uh, Two years in the making from a guy who was uh, listening to someone talk about something while mopping a floor, and suddenly came up with this idea. So we're really proud of that that we managed to get it through. Longevity is a really neat. Has thing it been two years? Audio drama. It's been two. Wow! Years. Can you I can't it? believe it. So yeah, um, we'll probably be looking into a, doing a, a feature length. You know, we call it a feature length because it's not really a movie now, is it? And uh, Doctor Briex going to be getting in that. Is gonna be in that. Ooh. We're gonna need him, right. so he's got it. He's got a role in that. So, uh, this month dropped a new show, uh, Honor Bound. We're kind of presenting it, although it's uh, being made. It's based off a book series written by Kat Loveland, and she is um, now doing the audio, audio version of it. And it's basically about kids who are getting superpowers. It's kind of X-Men-ish in that regard that they hit their, their teenage years and they start getting superpowers. And it's trying to, un, you know, unlike X-Men though, it's trying to say, well, what would happen today? You know, if they're brand new. There's no other superhumans. It's just these kids. And what would go on with that? How would that work out? And um, honestly, I've, you know, I read the script ahead of time. But uh, the voice acting on this is really good. They've got some quality voice acting. And uh, things start to click. And the sound effect, the editing is really well done. Give that a shot. And, of course, we have Cold Case Chase is going to be coming out with Season 2 here. If you're a crime junkie, give it a listen. Um, Crime crime podcasts, honestly, are the, the highest listened to podcasts out there right now
0: yeah i i should should just be doing uh history in crime that's what we should be talking about
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that'll make people and then do a title like uh, yeah serial killers yeah
0: there you go uh instant audience you know i'm in the wrong game you know (laughs)
1: what you know what i mean i uh i teach esl and my students from other countries they, uh, they all know about the serial killers, and they're like, well, yeah, you got them all in America. I said, no, we don't have them all in America. Here's the difference between you and us. You got your serial killers, but you keep that under wraps. When we catch our serial killers, we're shouting to the world going, hey, everybody, come take a look at this. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe this, sick freak? You know, that's the difference. So, yeah. So that, but nonetheless, Cold Case Chase. Great, great show with uh, Shane. And uh, there's also Game Face if you're a sports uh, especially with basketball. Ruck and his buddy is doing a show on uh, Review Sports, so Game Face. That's all I can say about that. That is the one show on Raving Lunatic I am sad to admit I don't listen to because I'm not a sports guy. Sports ball. So, sports ball, <laughs> yeah, that's, there it is. Yeah. So, uh, but if you are, I have listened to it once just for kicks, just to get a feel for it. And they are funny guys. Just you
0: know, yeah, yeah. Listening, L- love Ruck over like there for specific. sure. Uh, have have yeah. have had a lot of chances to talk with him, and mm-hmm. uh, and and of course, uh, you, you've talked about sci-fi malady. You guys have a great show over there. Uh, I I I have since you've switched to just Spotify. I I my listening has become a little sparse because I have to remember to go over there because it doesn't come into my my Apple Podcatcher, So I have to remember to, to catch up from time to time. And so I I need to do that. But in the meantime,
1: we we switched, we switched our upload platform, but yeah, yeah.
0: but good stuff over there. And, and Mark, thank you very much. I really do appreciate you coming on and, and doing this little different format for you. I know, but uh, hope you enjoyed it.
1: No, this was great. I mean, for, like I said, for one, I got to talk Star Wars. That's always fun with uh, another uh, Star Wars fanatic. And I didn't have to do the programming.
0: So, there you go. Uh...
1: I'll take Plus that <laughs> all
0: around. Yeah. So thank you very much for that. And for you, the listener, thank you for joining us here for geekly retrospect uh, issue number six uh, for the month of November. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple or on Spotify, uh, leave us a review, uh, leave us some stars. If you, if you can, uh, we'd certainly appreciate that. And uh, obviously you've, uh, you've found us on the wannabe network. Thank you for, for finding us here. And uh, hopefully uh, Gabe will be back on the horse here before too long. And we'll, out some shows uh with him involved that'll do it for us here so mark what's left for our listeners to do here
1: well keep listening to this show head on over to sci-fi malady listen to that and uh stay sick sickies